We now begin Maseches Shabbos Be'ezz Hashem. This is Perak Aleph Mishnah Aleph 1-1. And this Mishnah will discuss, begin to discuss the halachas of Hotza'a, which is the transferring of an object from one domain to another domain, which is one of the 39 malachas. In fact, it's the last, the 39th malacha on the list. That's presented in the 7th Perak. And Hotza'a is called a malacha gerua. It's unlike the other malachas because the other 38 malachas quite evidently are a human imposing his will, his creative will on the on nature or the world to transform something. In the case of Hotza, that's not the case. In the case of Hotza, we're, we're essentially just transferring objects. We're having some motion. We're putting something that was in one place and putting it into another place. Um, so the Tana decides to start with this Mishnah and this topic of Hotza. Now, to understand Hotza, it's quite... Um, Quite a mouthful, a lot to say here. Um, to be fair, there's a whole Maseches Erevin and Matzah Maseches Shabbos that deals with the Malach of Hotza. Um, and uh, in fact, that's the topic that more of the Shas is, the Gemara is dealing with than any other topic altogether. So, so there's a lot to say here. But here we just define it, and this mission will set out some basic rules. So to understand Hotza, you got to know two things. The first is that we're talking about a... a transference from one domain to another domain. So we have to define what we mean by transfer and what we mean by domain. So in the Torah's perspective, there are midoraisa, as far as Torah law is concerned, two categories of domains of relevance here. One is called a rishus harabim, and one is called a rishus hayachid. Now the translation of those literally are rishus harabim is a public place, and rishus hayachid is a private place or private domain. However, this has nothing to do with ownership. Um, at all. So one could have a publicly owned library, um, but that's a Rishos HaYachid. And one could have a privately owned street, like in front of, you know, in Rockefeller Plaza, for example, in, in Midtown Manhattan. It's owned privately, although the public walks through it. And therefore, it's probably a Rishos HaRabim, even though it's privately owned. So it's not about ownership. Um, the definitions are quite definitions are quite specific, and let me lay them out here for you. A rishus hayachid, a private domain, is one that meets two basic criteria. The first is that it's at least four by four tefachim, that's hand breadths wide. So we're talking basically basically a foot or so on a side. Um, so you're talking like twelve to maybe sixteen inches on a side, and if it's smaller than that, meaning if either of the sides either the length or the width, is less than four tefachim, four handbreadths. So then it's not considered to be a significant enough place to be a domain all to itself. But if it's that big, four tefachim on a side, and it's offset from the area around it, and the way it can be offset is with mechitzos, with a partition that uh, sets it aside, and that partition in simple simplest form would be, let's say, a room. So the room you're in, it's bigger than four by four tefachim, it has walls all around, uh, so those walls act as the partitions, they're, they're the mechitzos. As long as those walls are 10 tfachim high, um, 10 tfachim is the requirement for a partition, and 10 tfachim boils down to about 3 feet, roughly, waist height. So as long as the walls are waist height, 10 tfachim high, so then, uh, is the case of the room that you're in now, of course, so then you are inside a rishus hayachid. It doesn't need to be walls per se, however. Like, for example, if you have um, a, a, a platform, and the platform is 10 tefachim high, and the top of the platform is a flat area that's bigger than 4 by 4 tefachim, so then it's a Rosh all to itself, even though like the domain 
where things are happening is the top of the platform. But since it's offset from the area around it by a tent fucking gap, that's the walls of the of the platform act as like a machitza, and therefore it's a rishosiyachid. And similarly, if you'd have a um, hole in the ground, like a well, if the well is fourth fachim on a side, and the bottom of the well is at least ten fachim down into the ground, so then the walls of the well are ten fachim, and the well is offset from the rest of the area around it, and it's rishosiyachid. So even like a large trash can, like we have, you know, in the states you put it on the street there, a large trash can, the Sides of it can be ten tefachim high. The inside of it can be four tefachim on a side. And that being the case, the trash can would be a rishus hayachid, etc. Rishus harabim, the public domain, is one that meets three criteria, three basic criteria. The first is that it has to be at least sixteen amos across, an amos about a foot and a half, roughly. So sixteen amos um, is something like around uh, thirty-two meters, or about fifty feet. Across, so a typical road nowadays, a decent-sized road, um, would would already conform to that requirement. The other requirement is it has to be open, and when I say open, I mean both that it can be open on both ends, that you know traffic can move through it, um, and also open to the sky. I mean, it's, it's not it's not roofed, so as long as it's un, un it's open, um, and uh, and has sixteen tefachim on a side, excuse me, sixteen almost, excuse me. Um, with so then it is a rishus rabim provided that there indeed is a rabim a population of people that are a large number of people who are frequenting this place on a regular basis. So how many people is quite a large machloka. It's not clear. You may have heard the number six hundred thousand thrown around, and many do say that in fact that's what you need. Just like in the desert, the Jews had six hundred thousand Jews in the midbar. And that constituted Rishos Arabim. So you'd need 600,000 people on this interstate or in this, you know, massive public square um, to constitute Rishos Arabim Midoraisa. The Mishabura points out there isn't really a proper uh, source for that number, 600,000. So it may well be that if you need far fewer than that, um, in which case any any major road or major park, Central Park, etc., would constitute a Rishos Arabim because there are lots of people uh, moving around unencumbered in an area that's 16 almost across. So there's three criteria then for Rishos Arab. Number one, 16 almost. Number two, it's unencumbered, you know, horizontally or, or vertically to open. And number three, it has a large number of people, maybe even as many as 600,000. So the Torah's prohibition of Hotzah is to transfer an object from a Rishos Harabim to a Rishos Yachid or vice versa. When you transfer from a rabim to a yachid, meaning you bring something from outside to inside, that's called hachnasa, bringing in. And if you're taking from the private domain and out to the public, that's called hotza'a, taking out. But the truth is both are equally asr midoraisa. In the mishkan, they would transfer the krashim, the boards that surrounded the mishkan, um, from the floor of the desert, which is a rabim, which is a rabim, um, onto Agalot, these wagons that would transport the Krashim, those boards, and that it was a Shusayachid. So that would be um, one way in which you'd have in the Mishkan's functioning Hotza. Now, if you would transfer from a Rishusayachid or Rishusayachid to any domain that didn't um, meet its complementary criteria, meaning if you're taking a Rishusayachid and you're transferring to a place that doesn't meet both criteria of a Rishusayachid or from a Rishusayachid into a place that didn't meet all three of their criteria for a Rishusayachid, so then Midoraisa, that would be 
acceptable. There's no restriction on it. That means, for example, let's talk about like a park, uh, uh, you know, in a forest, in a forest, or in an open field, or a ranch in Texas. So these areas are not frequented by lots of people, the forest, and that being the case, um, it doesn't constitute Rosh Hashanah, and transferring from your private home into the forest uh, would not be Asr Mid Orisa. Um, similarly, if you have a, um, a like I say, a, a platform or something like that, that, that or, you know, big box even, something that's that's part of a fixture in the Rosh Hasharabim, and it itself has a service area on top of 4 by 4 Tvachim, but it's not offset by Mechitzas of 10 uh, Tvachim high, so then um, it's not really Rosh Hashanah, so transferring onto that platform, let's say, that only has a that's 9 Tvachim off the ground, um, would mid and not be a problem? Because it's not a Rosh Hashanah, you're transferring from the Rosh Hashanah to a sort of an exempted area. Nevertheless, uh, the rabbis felt that in two scenarios, you would the zone, while not while neither a Doraisa, Rosh Hashanah, or Rosh Hashanah, um, the rabbis felt at least Madurabana, we should be strict for it because people get confused. And those areas that the rabbis restricted is called a Carmelis. Carmelis etymology not perfectly clear, but it means you know Nishtah Nishtahir. It means neither. It's not exactly anything particular. Um, it's in the middle somewhere, and but therefore it's confusing. So that means any place that is 16 almost across and is open, but those are the two of the three criteria for the Rosh Hashanah, but it does not have a lot of people. So we're talking about a desert, an ocean, uh, an open field, a forest, etc. So those are not Rosh Hashanah because they lack the public, lots of people, criterion, but they are called a Carmelis. And similarly, if you have a small area, which is at least four Tvachim across, which is the requirement for Shosiyachid, but it, and it's offset from the area around it by at least three Tvachim, that's important because less than three Tvachim, it's considered to be that, that those Mechits are considered to be negligible, and which is like a part of the Shosiyachid, let's say. But if it's at least three Tvachim offset with partitions, but less than ten Tvachim offset, which is like a raised platform or something. So then, although not technically a Rishus Hayachid Medoraisa, it sure feels like one to some degree, and that being the case, the rabbi said that should be treated as a Carmelis, and we'll be strict with it. And a Carmelis, therefore, is its own rabbinic zone into which or from which one may not transfer anything. You can't take from a Carmelis to a Rishus Rabbim or Rishus Yachid, or from Rishus Rabbim and Yachid into a Carmelis, forbidden. Um, other areas that don't meet the criteria of Rishus Rabbim and Rishus and don't meet the definition of a Carmelis, essentially, is called the Makom Patur, an exempted zone, and that basically boils down to an area that's too small to be significant. So if you have any area that's um, it's offset from the public domain, but it doesn't have um, four before Tfachim, it's just too small, so then it's called the Makom Patur. So, for example, uh, if you have like the top of a fire hydrant or mailboxes that are in on, on a pole or you know that kind of thing. Those areas are too small to be considered their own zones. They remain a Makom Patur, exempted area, and one indeed could transfer from Roshasur Yachid or Rabim to the Makom Patur, or vice versa, and even Madura Banan. Okay, so that's the definition of the, the zones we're talking about, Roshasur Rabim and Roshasur Yachid. Now we have to just define what it means to transfer. So a transfer in the context of Hotza has two basic ingredients. Um, one is that there has to be an akira. An akira is um, 
literally means to uproot, to be okeris uproot, but it means to take an object which is at rest and um, and pick it up or move it up, set it in motion off the ground. Um, so kicking a ball would be an akira also if the ball were at rest, um, as well as it would be picking up a ball, or as well it would be if you had a ball in your pocket and you were sitting in a chair, then you stood up. The ball in your pocket now had, that was the akira by you getting up off the chair or kicking it or lifting it off the ground. Um, the, that's the first half of the equation. The second side of the equation for um, a transference requires a hanacha. Hanacha is um, putting the object down, setting it at rest, um, and that is also an essential ingredient. And the third component is, of course, that you have to have started in one type of domain and ended up in a different type of domain and sort of cross that line and, and what's called shinu rishos, you have to end up in a different place. Meaning, if you pick up the ball in your house and put it down in your house, that was from rishos yachid to rishos yachid and doesn't count as a hotza. It has to have been a nakira. The picking up happened in the house and the hanacha happened in the rishos in the public domain and then you would have the bona fide doraisa um, transference hotza. Um, one more thing that I have to say just before we go on, although this I'm saying now is not relevant to our coming Mishnah, uh, one other important point is that there's sort of a third flavor besides for Hachnas and Hotza of primary, a primary way of violating the Isser of Hotza. And that is, um, it's called Ha'avara, which means um, transporting something Arba Amos for Amos in a public place. So if you, tra- let's call that six feet or seven feet, something like that. So if you would transport a ball in the public domain, 10 feet, so you had a cure on one place and the Hanacha 10 feet later elsewhere, um, in the public domain and staying in the public domain, that is also called a violation of Hotza Medoraisa. Um, it's called a, like a, like a Havara as a transference, like the word Over Ein base race is the root of that as in like Avraham Ivri, the one on the other side or be over Avera you transgress cross over an Avera a red line in the Allah etc so if one transports something from one place to another place in the Rosh Hashanah at a distance of more than as a crow flies a distance of more than um, four almost so then that is considered to be also an act of Hotza um, and really it's conceptually the same thing because we're looking at the Rosh Hashanah as being a set of tiny domains. Each arba almost, each four almost area is like a domain all to itself. So as you transfer from one domain to another domain, in the public domain to the public domain, it's also considered to be a, uh, a doraisa violation of hotza. But that's not the topic of our Mishnah. So our Mishnah now is essentially going to say that, I'm saying it all outside first because there's a lot of words and it's much easier to understand it before I read the words inside. Our Mishnah is going to say that if you have one person standing in a rishus hayachid inside a house, who's going to be called the Bal Habayis, the owner of the house. And one person standing outside the house in the Rishus Harabim on the main street, um, we're going to call that person the Ani, the, the poor man. So there's two ways for the householder to do an Isr Doraisa of Hotza, and there's two ways for the Ani to do an Isr Doraisa. The householder could either take a loaf of bread and... Um, from inside the house to take it outside the house, that would be called hotza. Or you could take a loaf of bread from the outside of the house and bring it in, that would be a hachnasa. Both of those are isr doraisa um, of this malacha. Similarly, the ani standing outside the house in the Rosh Hashanah could be over the doraisa in two ways. He could take a loaf of bread and put it into the house, that would be a hachnasa. Or he could take a loaf of bread from the out, 
from their house and bring it out. That would be a hotza. Again, provided that the person in question here does both the akira in the one domain and the hanacha in the second domain, so then that would be the malacha doraisa. And the mission will first, first start out by saying that. But it will immediately say also that if one person, let's say the ani, does the akira, and another person, let's say the, the balabais, does the hanacha, so since two people are doing the malacha and they're sharing it, so neither one has fi- violated the malacha doraisa. Okay, it's forbidden to do that. Um, you're participating in half of a malacha, which is forbidden, but you wouldn't be over the Isra Doraisa because you didn't do both the Akira and Hanacha, the same person. Okay, so if you think about it then, basically, a person standing outside a house, there's two ways from to be over the Doraisa, to, be, to do Hachnasa and Hotza, bring it in and bring it out, as well as two ways to um, do a Durabanan, which is he could do half of the transference in or half of the transference out. Okay, so that's what the mission is going to say. Now the mission says inside. Yitzios hashavas, the transferences that can occur on Shabbos, Shtayim, there are two ways to be over a Doraisa, Shein Arba, that really ultimately add up to four different prohibitions, Bifnim, for the guy standing on the inside, and also Shtayim, there's two other ways that you can be over the Doraisa, Shein Arba, that are really four Isurim, Bechutz for the guy standing on the outside, meaning there are two that are four because Tur Isser Doraisa and Tur Isser Durabun, as we said before. Ketan, how does that work? Says the Mishnah. Ha'ani Omen Bechutz. Let's say you have a person standing outside the house, we call him the Ani. Ubalabayas Bifnim, and someone standing inside the house in Mishusa Yachid, and that person is called the Balabayas. So one in the Rishusa Ram, one in Mishusa Yachid. If Pasha Ta'ani Esyado Lifnim, if the Ani stretches his hand, from the Rosh Hashanah inside the Rosh Hashanah and he t- is taking a loaf of bread being okret from the Rosh Hashanah and bring it into the Rosh Hashanah Yachid and he puts it down on the hand of the Baal Habayis doing the Hanacha so then the Ani did both the Akira and the Hanacha starting out in a public domain ending a private domain or oh Shenatel Metocha he reached his hand in he took the Ani took the loaf of bread from the Rosh Hashanah doing the Akira, Vahotzi, and then he brings it out to the Rosh Hashanah and puts it down, the Hanacha. So in those cases, Ha'ani Chayev, the Ani is Chayev for violating Shabbos. Chayev would mean if he did it Peshogeg, he didn't know that it was forbidden to do what he's doing, he'll be liable for a Korban Chatas. And um, if he did it B'mezid on purpose, so then there'd be a penalty of Karas or Skila. Balabai is putter. As for the Balabai, so doing nothing at all, but just being a passive, a passive agent, like he's just, a, you know, he could be his hands out, but he's fast asleep for argument's sake. So he'll be putter exempt, and he'll be totally exempt since he did nothing at all. Um, the Balabai just stood there, and his hand was a platform, an animate platform, so to speak. He's totally exempt. Um, worth noting two things. The first is that almost always, when the Mishnah says putter, what it means is putter exempt of al asur, but it's forbidden, meaning. I'll say it in different words. That means what is happening by saying pator is this is rabbinically forbidden, but it is not forbidden midoraisa from the Torah. This is an exception to that rule. Here, when it says the balhabais is pator, it means the balhabais is totally um, exempt, meaning he didn't even do an isra derabanan because he did nothing at all. He was totally passive in the sect. Um, the second thing worth pointing out is that while he is indeed pator and exempt from the violation of Shabbos, he may well be um, violating the separate prohibition of the Torah from 
lifna ever of you know of 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 um or of misael devaravera for helping another person to do an avera he's facilitating he's you know he's aiding this uh, violation which might be forbidden but here the mission is focused just on the iser torah question of bringing chatas etc and and that this balhabai is definitely putter because he did nothing Similarly, now we're going to switch it to now focusing on the man on the inside. If Pashat Balhabayas es Chutz, the Balhabayas, he is okay, he uproots the loaf of bread, he sticks his hand outside, and he gives it down into the hand of the poor person, doing the Hanacha. So then he, the man on the inside, the Balhabayas, did both the Akira and the Rishosa Yachid and the Hanacha and the Rishosa Rabim, both sides of the transference, which would be making liable. Oh, or alternatively, shenatal metocha vehichnis, he took the loaf of bread, which was sitting at rest in the hands of the poor man on the outside, and the guy on the inside, he's okir, he uproots it, vehichnis, he brings it into his private domain and puts it down over there. So then he did the akira in the public domain, the hanach in the private domain. He did it all by himself, and therefore, balha his chayev, in both the scenarios, the balha the man in the house, will be chayev for achatas, va'ani pater, and the ani who's been totally passive and will be exempt from any chatas, etc., breaking shops. Those are the two Doraisa. Now we're going to get the Durabanans. If, for example, Pasheta Ani Esyadolifnim, if the poor man on the outside, he has a loaf of bread in his hand and he extends the loaf of bread into the house. So he did the Akira and now his hands are in the house. So you cross the line to another domain, but he doesn't put it down and instead, Venatal Habalabayas Metocha. It's the guy on the inside who takes the loaf of bread out of his hand and puts it down. So that guy, the man on the inside, did the Hanacha. So you have the Ani doing the Akira and the Balabayak doing the Hanacha. So therefore, um, neither one did the Homolacha, and they'll be Pater. Or, oh, Shenasan Latocha, if the Ani put his hands empty into the Bershusi into the Balabayas' house. And the Balabayas, Natan Latocha, he puts the loaf of bread into the Ani's hand, meaning the Balabayas to the Akira. And then Vahotzi, the Ani takes it across the threshold and puts it down. So the Ani does the Hanacha, but since the Balabayas to the Akira in both those cases, so that I said in this part of the Mishnah, you have one man doing an Akira and a different man doing the Hanacha. And therefore, in both of those cases, Shnei and Paturin, both of them will be exempt. This here is Pater, but in the conventional usage of the word in Masechus Shabbos, meaning Puts are both exempt. Avol Asr, what they just forbidden, Midrabanan. Can't do that. Um, and similarly, Pashat Balha Bayas if the man on the inside stretches his hand out, and in the hand he had a loaf of bread, so the Balha is doing the Akira in the house, Venatala Ani Matoho, but then the Ani on the outside takes the loaf of bread out of the Balha hand and puts it down, so therefore the Ani does the Hanacha while the Balabayas did the Akira, so it's each one did half. Oh, Shenasan Latocha. Or if the Ani then does the Akira and puts a loaf of bread into the hands of the Balabayas, the Hichnis, and the Balabayas takes that loaf in and puts it down. So since the Ani there did the Akira and the Balabayas did the Hanacha, Shnein and Paturin, they'll both be exempt because, again, each one only did half of the Malacha.